Good morning. Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. Gosh, I was searching for the right song for Ben Fuchs, my guest this morning, and I'm thinking right down the line is probably very apropos. Do you like it, Ben? I love that song. You know, I was a DJ in a past life. A you top know, 40 disc, you'd a never top know 40 it. disc jockey in the 70s, and I played Jerry, uh, Baker Street. What's that guy's name? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Rafferty. Rafferty. Jerry yeah. Rafferty, right. You I got... played that song, Baker Street, and, and also, you know, Steeler's Wheel? Oh, of Steelers? course. That was Jerry Rafferty, too. Yeah. yeah. I get. Steelers you know, it takes you right back, doesn't it, when you hear a song? I love the 70s. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. You sound too young to, to be ever around Well, I, I was not. It, you I were there not. in the 70s? No, 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 I was not. But I love 70s music, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, that means great. So I would I want to make sure to properly introduce you. I have been referring to you as a pharmacist, which is true, but I would I consider a you a nutritionist extraordinaire because, because it's so much medicine food you know, Hippocrates, the famous physician uh, who we have the Hippocratic oath from, said, Let food be thy medicine, let medicine be thy food. Amen. And I firmly believe that the most powerful medicine uh, that we inject on a ingest on a regular basis is not the drugs we take but the foods we eat. And we need to start respecting foods as medicine, for better or worse, for healing as well as for, as a cause of our, our health challenges. You know, people who, who eschew or avoid or, or look down their nose at drug addicts, uh, people who do drugs, should consider that sugar is one of the most powerful drugs there is. You know, sugar is the purest substance in the supermarket. It's the most drug-like medicinal compound in the supermarket is the sugar we ingest. And we have to start regarding what we're eating as as medicines in the good sense and that we can heal with them, but in the bad sense as drugs that can just wreak havoc on our health. So I got to ask, and I'm, I'm, get, I'll get, I'm getting off the question of the morning, but we'll get back to it. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that you, well, that you're a pharmacist in light of the, I guess, I don't want to say spin because it's not, it's your, your mentality or your philosophy about mm-hmm. nutrition are, would you say that the majority of pharmacists have your mentality? <laughs> no. Oh. No, not at all. Interesting. The rare pharmacist who has this mentality, but there are some. Because when you think about it, when you eat a food, you create hormonal changes and biochemical changes in the body that are akin to medicine. And so we in pharmacy, we don't really study drugs. The whole idea of drugs as medicine only started about 150, 160 years ago in the middle of the 19th century. Before that, it was herbs and it was foods that were medicines. But the drug companies co-opted. They stole uh, uh, the, the uh, farm, they, medicine, if you will, the, the, the concept of medicine from herbalists. And from they didn't have dietitians back then because they didn't really know about nutrition, but today we know about nutrition. So when people hear pharmacists, we tend to think of drugs. We think right. of pharmaceuticals. But it's not necessarily the case because what pharmacists really study is how the outside world, in terms of chemistry, interacts with the inside world in terms of biochemistry. And while, for the most part, that outside-inside relationship is one of pharmacology, at least in our mindset, what do we do? How are we we interacting or uh, interfacing with our biochemistry from the outside world for most of the time? It's food. It's not drugs. So this is the most common way we interact with our biochemistry, and because it is so common, we don't tend to think of it as having the kind of medicinal power that having a prescription, uh, taking a prescription drug does. Uh, now, it turns out that prescription drugs are very, very concentrated and very potent. So in terms of potency, prescription drugs are going to be more powerful than foods. But in terms of long-term effects on the body, we eat foods much more 
much more regularly than we ingest drugs. So given the fact that every morsel you put in your body, whether it's uh, uh, quality food or not quality food, is going to have an, inter- it's going to have an, inter- uh, an effect on our biochemistry. It's going to interact with our biochemistry. It just makes sense to me to try to understand what is that impact going to be. Now, if we were perfectly healthy, Meg, as a culture, if we lived long lives and we didn't suffer and we didn't have inflammatory diseases and we didn't uh, have to deal with pain and cancer and brain fog and movement disorders and autoimmunity, I'd say have at it. Go and have your chicken wings and, and, and the fried you know, chicken strips and chicken nuggets and McDonald's, etc. But it's not the case. You know, when, when they had this, uh, as you say, shandemic a couple of years ago, everyone wanted to wear masks and people were getting vaccinated and this and that and the other. But you know what? Uh, staying, in the, staying inside the house, locked up in the house, social distancing. But you know what? The lines at Chick-fil-A were just as long, if not longer. The lines at Taco Bell were just as long, if not longer. Isn't that and while something? I understand that there's a certain satisfaction that we get from the chemistry that's in Taco Bell. And by the way, there are Ph.D. chemists who are absolute geniuses at understanding how our bodies work, that come up with molecules that they put in the foods that will keep you eating against your will, almost. Oh. We always have will. They, they right. know how to interact with the brain. They call these molecules excitotoxins. Have you heard that term? I haven't, but it's frightening. <laughs> it is, because these molecules are so powerful, and they hit the pleasure center of the brain so effectively that you can eat a fried turd and you will think it tastes like a filet mignon. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, I, be- can, I believe you. That's the frightening right? thing. Look up the Manel Institute in Philadelphia. It's a, a drug company-funded research think tank where they, they study how to interact, how to, how to create molecules, literally invent molecules that will interact with the pleasure centers in our, in our brain so effectively that you will not be able to stop eating the potato chips or the spam or the french fries, whatever it is. We are being manipulated by black magicians who understand our biochemistry way better than we do, who understand our brain chemistry way better than we do. But you know what, Meg? At the end of the day, praise God, we have free will and we have choice. And understanding that when you, those golden arches, when you drive by those golden arches, those people want to kill you. Not the, not the people who work there, but the people who are coming up with these kinds of products. They could care less whether you live or die. And you don't want to drive through it. You want to drive by. And you want to give them the finger while you're driving by. And we want to regard Coca-Cola as the enemy. And we want to regard McDonald's as the enemy. We want to regard these corporate, these, these corporate swill providers, uh, so-called food providers, as our enemies. They are not our friends. And that's how we want to look at them. Have and you then we seen? Have to our, we have to want to change our perspective. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that's no. Hey, listen. Uh, I I would rather you just keep on chatting. But um, have you seen the 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 article or the report that the um, food producers are are reaching out to the makers of that you know so-called weight loss slash diabetes drug Ozempic because they're terrified of how uh, people are not going to be consuming all of the garbage, <laughs> and they're, they're terrified of it. But, I mean, it's I just one bad thing over another. I mean, Ozempic, I'm sure, as a pharmacist, you know the dangers know and perils Ozempic. of that. I mean, you, it, look, you, you know, and I know a lot of people who have lost weight with Ozempic, but here's the thing. You cannot hack into the body pharmacologically and be better off for it. So when you take Ozempic, you run the risk of 
pancreatitis, and you run the risk of intestinal problems, you run the risk of thyroid cancer. Now they have ozempic face. I don't know if you've heard of ozempic face. Yeah. Ozempic butt. Because you can't hack into your biochemistry and be better off for it. Look, I've studied drugs for 45 years. I've dispensed drugs. I have owned pharmacies. I own a pharmacy. I've been in the pharmacy world for a long time. There is a time when drugs can, can, hold, can be a Band-Aid. They can, they can give you a temporary respite from whatever you're suffering from, but they cannot heal you. They can reduce your symptoms temporarily, but they cannot heal you. And if you are, are on them long term, you are going to pay the price, not only from the toxicity for the drug, but from the nutritional deficiencies that are associated with your body trying to clear the drug out of, out of your system. So you take a heart, you take a statin drug, for example, not the worst drug in the world, but you take a statin drug for your heart. Well, that statin drug is going to keep your body from making something called coenzyme Q10, which is important for your heart. So you take a statin drug for your heart, but you, it causes nutritional deficiencies or it causes biochemical deficiencies in compounds that are important for your heart. And this is how drugs work. These nutritional deficiencies that are caused by the body trying to clear out the antihypertensive, to clear out the, the beta blocker or the calcium channel blocker, to clear out the drug are going to cost you nutrients that are important for your heart or your health or for the organ system that you're taking the drug for. And that doesn't show up on a side effect, the copper deficiency, the vitamin C deficiency, the magnesium deficiency, the selenium deficiencies that are all associated with your body trying to eliminate the drug. When you eat a food, your body incorporates the nutrients in that food into biochemistry. When you take a drug, the body goes out of its way to try to figure out how to eliminate that drug quickly because it can't be used. Drugs are Darth Vader. And while they may serve a role, and, and by the way, everybody should have pain pills in their medicine cabinet because you never know when you're going to need pain pills. And antibiotics can be life-saving. But the kind of drugs we take and that we stay on for the rest of our lives, the kind of drugs that we take for chronic conditions that are the end result of our lifestyle choices are not, going, not only not going to do, uh, heal our body, but they're going to shorten our longevity and likely lead to other health challenges that we're never going to associate with the prescription drugs that we're taking. All right, so before we run out of time, which it's quickly happening, and oh my gosh, Ben, what a, well, I mean, if even if it's just the two of us that are enjoying it, I'm really enjoying this conversation greatly. I, actually, I know it's not because I'm already getting emails from people thanking me. So um, with that... If you would like to ask a question of Ben Fuchs, here's your opportunity to do so, 715-845-2155. Hold on, let me grab the board here. Good morning, you're on with Meg and Ben Fuchs. Yes, I have, turning off the radio, I, I heard Ben say something about if uh, the mother was not able to breastfeed that you can expect um, uh immunity problems and that kind of thing. I have two kids who their mother was not able to breastfeed at all, zero, because um, they had to go back on medication as soon as the uh, birth happened. And both kids are, knock wood, uh, healthy. They're athletes. They have no chronic conditions. They're um, no physical limitations. Um, what should I be looking out for? You want to look out, and, and I'm, glad, I'm glad your kids are healthy and happy. That's awesome. But you want to really probe because sometimes kids don't tell you. 
And the most common signs of any kind of health challenge that may be related to, to formulas or immune issues are digestive. And here's the thing about digestive issues. I was saying earlier how we don't even know what digestive symptoms are. That's problem number one. Problem number two is we don't really talk about our digestive problems. So how do you know if you're regular? How do you know if you're constipated? How do you, sometimes you don't even know if you have, uh, you don't even pay attention to if you have acid reflux or symptoms. People don't talk about these things with each other, and especially boys, they're not going to tell you about their bowel movements. You have to probe, you have to ask, and I'm not saying there's, there's problems there. Not everybody is going to have problems, but a lot of people will. So if you don't have problems, if kids don't have problems, that's great, but maybe they do and you don't know it. So probe, ask, get a list of digestive, go, go on the internet and look up a list of symptoms that are digestive symptoms, everything from, from constipation to acid reflux to belly aches or belly pains, whatever it is, get a list of them and ask the kids to start paying, not, don't ask them if they have these because they may not even recognize them, but ask them to start paying attention. And that's really what it amounts to, is paying attention to our bodies. Our bodies are always talking to us, but our bodies talk to us in whispers at first. And they say things like, the body will say something like, I didn't like that. Don't do that. And then a year later, two years later, three years later, it's going to talk louder. It's going to say, I said I didn't like that. Please don't do that to me. And then a year later, it's going to talk really loud. It's going to say, I told you I didn't want that. Don't give that to me. And then one day it's going to say, you know, autoimmune disease. Or it's going to say cancer. It's going to say something else. But it starts off with a whisper. And we want to understand the body when it's whispering. We want to respect the body when it's talking quietly. We don't want to wait until the body yells at us. Because when the body yells at us, it's, maybe it's too late, maybe it's not, but it's certainly not going to be a comfortable condition. So start off by asking them questions. Maybe get a list together of what digestive symptoms are. I'm not saying they have them. They may not have them. Praise God, maybe they're perfectly healthy, and that would be awesome if they are. But if they're not, you may be able to catch something, nip something in the bud by catching something early. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. If you'd like to join the conversation this morning, you have a question for Ben Fuchs, 715-845-2155. We have time for just a couple more questions. Good morning, you're on with Meg and Ben. Hi. So I have a question for Ben. Um, what would he recommend for someone dealing with um, inflammation, particularly in both eyes, and likely related to something autoimmune, but uh, rheumatologists can't find anything. Right. GI people can't find anything. Use of steroid drops for over a decade is right. the only treatment right now. Right. Um, what would you recommend you and what, how you. could I possibly heal with diet? Okay, I'll tell you. That's a great question. First of all, like I was saying earlier, your rheumatologist might be a great carpenter, but he's not going to be able to help you if you're autoimmune disease. And the, the uh, medical models uh, take on autoimmunity is there's nothing they can do about it. That's their take. That's the official take. And you're going to be on prednisone the rest of your life. But I'm going to tell you how it happens. And when I tell you this, it's not only going to be very simple and you're going to understand it, but you're going to know more than your doctor when I tell you this. And everybody out there who has an autoimmune disease, and there's tens of millions, probably 30 or 40 million Americans have autoimmune disease, and many of them have more than one. And there's a, a, there's a whole bunch of, there's 80 or to 100. They keep finding new ones. Mm-hmm. Autoimmunity is about immunity. Immunity is about defense. And by the way, inflammation is the calling card of the immune system. Inflammation is a defensive response. It's an airbag. And, and it's a good thing we have this thing. You know, you break your leg, uh, inflammation shows up on the leg to protect that area that's broken. Fibers and fluid and all of these uh, secretions 
that are what we call inflammation are really like a cushion. Does that make sense? And I'm yes. sorry, what was this caller's name? Katie. Hi, Katie. So does that make sense that inflammation is like a, a, a protective cushion or an airbag? Yes. Right? But here's the problem. There's two kinds of inflammation. There's macro inflammation, macro means big, and that's the kind of inflammation that you get when you break your leg or get a black eye or twist your ankle, and we've all seen that. But what we have not seen with our eyes is micro-inflammation, which is the same kind of uh, protective response, airbag response, but it's happening on a microscopic level, which you cannot see directly, but you can see by the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So all diseases are inflammatory, which means all diseases are protective. All diseases are defensive in nature. All diseases are the end result of, the, of a defensive response. So using logic here, not medicine, you don't have to have a degree here, this is just logic. If you have a defensive response that you want to end, what do you have to do? You have to find out the offending agent. This right. is how simple it is. You have a defensive, is this making sense, by the way, Katie and, yeah. and Meg? You have a defensive response, right? That's what inflammation is. So if you have a defensive response you want to end, you've got to find the offending agent. So how do offending agents get into the body? Well, there's no angels sprinkling offending agent dust on your head. They're getting into your body either through your skin, if you're injecting things, if you're you know, injecting drugs, and, and people who inject drugs will get inflammatory, microinflammatory uh, responses, and they'll have autoimmune diseases. I have a big textbook sitting in my, in my library called Autoimmunity and Vaccine. If you inject things through your blood, you can initiate these kinds of reactions. But most people aren't doing that. Most people aren't shooting up crack in the back alley, where mm-hmm. the main, uh, the main uh, uh, in- initiator of this defensive response is food. So I'm going to tell you something right now, Katie. If okay. you take a food holiday for two days, I'm guaranteeing you 100% you will start to notice your symptoms will subside. Now, you can't, eventually you have to eat, obviously. Not gonna, you can't not eat forever. But then when you start eating again, notice that certain foods are making your symptoms worse. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have to eliminate those foods. Then you have to patch up the intestine. There's a condition, which you may have heard of, called leaky gut syndrome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is where holes, leaks, develop in the intestine. The intestine becomes permeable to things that are inside of it. Usually... When, you, when you're healthy, when you eat a food, the, the uh, stomach digests it and breaks it down, and then the components of that food are enter into the bloodstream very, very carefully, almost like immigration in a country. They, uh, molecules from food have to be vetted in order to get into the bloodstream. But when, uh, over, uh, over the course of the, the years and the decades that we eat the wrong foods and we suffer from nutritional deficiencies, holes develop in the intestine, and food particles toxins from bacteria, uh, things that are uh, partial, only partially digested foods, can enter into the bloodstream and initiate uh, an immune response. And this is the cause of autoimmunity. And if you understand what I just said, which wasn't that complicated, you know more about autoimmunity and, and its cause than your doctors, and you know more about autoimmunity and how to resolve the condition than any physician you'll ever go to. And don't blame the physician because it's not his job. That's not his skill set to reverse your autoimmunity. His skill set and his job is to help you feel better in a palliative sense, in a symptomatic sense, not to reverse your autoimmunity. It's not his fault. It's our fault for not participating in our own 
in, in our own health and healing and recovery, and it's as simple as watching what's getting into your bloodstream through the intestine. And I hope this was not at all complicated because it shouldn't be. And you don't mm-hmm. need a four-year degree or an eight-year degree to understand what I just said in the last two, uh, two minutes if you want to reverse or even if you just want to understand your autoimmunity. Hey, so Kate. would you recommend a water fast for a couple rec- days? Yeah, and then... well, I would recommend a water fast, yes, for a couple of days. Uh, and then when you start eating again, be very, pay very close attention, a food diary. Don't try to use your memory because memory is faulty. Write down what you eat and write down how your symptoms are. And you'll find that certain foods are making it worse. Now, as I say, you have to eat eventually, so just eat carefully. And then while you're doing this, there's, there's nutritional supplements you can use. For example, digestive enzymes are very important for autoimmunity for a couple of reasons. For one thing, digestive enzymes are, are anti-inflammatory and pain relief. But for another, one of the reasons we get autoimmunity is because we don't break down our proteins effectively, and pieces of protein called peptides can get into the bloodstream through this leaky gut. So incompletely digested proteins due to deficiencies in digestive enzymes are a major problem. So getting yourself on a good digestive enzyme supplement, using apple cider vinegar with your digestive enzymes to activate the digestive enzymes, low stomach acid is another problem that causes poor digestion, which can lead to autoimmunity. So using apple cider vinegar or something called betaine HCL at the level of the stomach can be important. There's so many things you could do using uh, probiotics, using more fiber, making sure you're taking a supplement called glutamine, G-L-U-T-A-M-I-N-E. These are all mm-hmm. wonderful things you can do to protect, uh, to support digestive health and to protect against this condition called leaky gut. And I wish we had more okay. time because there's so many things, there's so many other things you can do. But you get a sense. And the most important thing, Meg and Katie, that I want everybody to understand listening to this is there's hope. I want people to feel like they can be inspired to get better. You know, if you go to the right. medical folks, they'll say there's nothing you can do. They probably told you it's genetic. There's nothing you can do. You're going to be on this or medicine the rest of the Or an autoimmune uh, immunosuppressant drugs. Is or the an next immunosuppressant, step. exactly. How smart is that to put you on yep. an immunosuppressant? With all the things that can attack your body and you have this wonderful immune system that protects you, they're going to give you an, an immune suppressant. Does that mean make sense to anybody? No. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the world we live in. So it doesn't matter because we can do this ourselves. And I want everybody to feel inspired and hopeful and powerful after listening this hour that we've been talking because there are things we can do. Praise God, the human body it can turn on a dime, but we have yes, to turn amen. on a dime first. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks. Katie. I appreciate Thanks. you all tuning right. in. All the best to you. Thank Take you. care. Okay, so Ben, we have to go, but would you please, I'm going to put you on the spot, will you, will you come back next week? Do you have time to come back next uh, week? Call, yeah, I'll definitely come back on, but well, give me a call because yeah. I'm traveling for the next few weeks. Okay, so all right. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Hey, thank, thank you so much. God bless you. you. God bless you as well. We'll thank talk so much, again man. soon. Have a great okay. day. That was okay. pharmacist Ben Fuchs, a nutritionist extraordinaire. Uh, I'm going to go. We'll be right back. Uh, former Governor Scott Walker is joining me on the show right after the news.